Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome to Outbound Metrics. Andy Cabasso is the co-founder of Postaga. Postaga is an all-in-one outreach tool that helps you quickly build links and drive traffic to your website by creating custom automated campaigns. Andy, it's a pleasure to have you on. Are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. Thanks, Morgan. Awesome. So Andy, how does Postaga get results for its customers? Sure. So Postaga is basically an all-in-one platform for email outreach that does everything from prospecting to find the right relevant websites and businesses, journalists, bloggers, podcasters to reach out to. Then Postaga will find the right contact people at each of these companies. Then it finds their email addresses and verifies those email addresses. And then you can build and send personalized email sequences and pitches to them. And as far one unique feature is that related to that, Postaga has some AI. It'll analyze the websites of the people that you're reaching out to, to provide like snippets of text that you might want to reference in personalizing your pitches for them. Okay. Awesome. Everything under one hood. What would you say makes you different from the other outreach tools on the market? So main, I guess the main thing is the all-in-one aspect to it. The fact that you don't need five different tools, some particular tool for prospecting, another tool for finding emails or another tool for just manual process, even for scouring LinkedIn to try to find the right people. We have, so basically like the processes that are often done very manual or exported and imported between pieces of software, we bring it all under one roof. Um, A lot of the people that kind of inspired us and helped us with to build this platform came from that manual process and have just given us so much feedback to help us make, make their lives easier, really. Awesome. And I saw you guys have a CRM too. So even you're reaching out, generating leads, doing outbound, and you're able to organize them in a, in a friendly format. Yeah, that's software. right. Awesome, man. Uh, who's, who's the ideal customer for Postdoc? I'd say if this were like two years ago when we were first starting, 
our main target audience was marketers, in-house marketers, digital agencies, as our like core focus was really on link building. But then as like we were sharing the product with people and seeing how they used it, we also saw that people were using it for things like outbound for sales outreach, um, like using our prospecting tools for finding potential customers or potential affiliates or partners, and then reaching out to them that way. And that, while it wasn't initially what we were thinking about and going for, we have like an increasingly larger, larger number of people using our platform for sales, as well as also PR. So we've built uh, pieces into our platform that kind of help you build like PR focused campaigns, like getting you as a guest onto podcasts, for example, and things like that. Awesome. What I'd love to do is explore those use cases in a case study style, starting mm-hmm. off with your bread and butter link building. Mm-hmm. Um, can you take us through like a way that you've utilized Postaga in a strategic way for link building? Sure. People that do link building every day, whether it's you know for an agency or in-house on, uh, in a marketing department, typically what they're doing is they're uh, they've got they've got content on their website and they want to build links to it or they want to get other authoritative websites to link to them so they'll reach out to sites to pitch them to either let them write a guest post like I'll write a blog post for you it'll be great for your audience and in return you will link back to me in that article and everybody wins and me getting a link from your site is going to make my site rank better in search. And so everyone wins that way. That's probably the most popular link building tactic I'd say that people do. And so from like our platform, for example, we have different types of campaigns. And so whether you're experienced in link building or you're completely new to it, we have like a drop down of menu choices. And so you can say, I want to build a guest post campaign. Here's what my target market is. Here are the kinds of blogs I want to be writing for. And then Postaga will find like with its own search engine, it'll find different blogs that are relevant to your inquiry. We also have an integration that hooks up to uh, Hrefs, which is a popular SEO and keyword research platform. So you can further refine your results. So I only want to reach out to more authoritative websites, like sites that are, are, for example, like Hrefs, which is a popular platform for SEO and keyword research. Mm-hmm. They They have this metric called DR, domain rating, that's from zero to 100. A site like, I don't know, like Facebook has a DR of like 99 or 100. Uh, Like the New York Times has like a DR in like the 90s. Businesses typically can have, like if your site's been around for a few years and has built up its presence, you can be like a DR in between like the 40s to 50s or so. Um, But like what we can do is like we can filter out low quality sites and make it so we're only pitching more authoritative sites for us to guest post on. Besides that, another common strategy is just like link outreach or blogger outreach, where basically I'm finding blog articles on a specific topic that are tangentially related to mine and asking them to link to my content. So like a pitch along the lines of, hey, I saw that you've got this great article about that a listicle about 24 social media trends to be looking out for in 2022 or whatever. Um, I've got this really in-depth article about this particular social media trend with NFTs or whatnot. I don't know, making this up. It would be great if you could, you know, update your article, mention this thing, which would be providing fresh content for your audience. 
And, you know, linking back to us as well, let me know what you think. Something like that is like link outreach or blogger outreach. And what, we have, yeah. What's the, what's the best link building campaign you've run before? I'd say like the most scalable ones, the most effective ones are probably link building geared towards guest posting because in particular, because it like you're providing quality, like you're providing free content to another blog and, in, and they're getting something of value out of it. And in exchange, like you're getting the link out of it. Now I'd say like the best pitches in general are the ones where you have something to offer. Like if you just reach out to a site and you're saying, Hey, can you link to my blog article, please? Mm-hmm. Like, right. no good. Like a very, like a very, very common response is, okay, I'll link to you, but you got to pay me a hundred dollars or something like yeah. that. Like, like m- very common responses are either pay me or get out of here or, or something like that. Yeah. Like if you have something to offer off the bat, like for example, like I might be looking for like to pitch Postaga to get websites like that are writing articles about outreach software to link to Postaga. What I might want to like dangle as an offer is like, if you link to me, like I can share your article, share your article with my audience of tens of thousands of newsletter subscribers, et cetera, social followers, all that. Or I might say like, uh, we also have an affiliate program and, you know, this way, when you mention our site, you can, and if people click the link and sign up and trial our stuff and sign up, you can get a commission. So mm-hmm. everybody wins. So having an offer in particular for link outreach it is very effective. Uh, what, what's been the the most popular offer you've used before? The one that, I mean, the one that I think tends to work the best is like the affiliate angle. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're going to get, like you will get commissions by sending traffic my way. Like that's in, like that's more incentivizes people, I, I think. So moving to affiliates and yeah. partners, is it possible that someone will like what, what if you're what if you reach out to someone who gets hit up with that all the time? They got mm-hmm. a big audience. Hey, uh, everybody's saying, hey, you know, promote mm-hmm. me, promote me. How do you cut through that noise? There, so there are a few things. And like if if the person has a very big audience, there are two things that are going to motivate them. One, uh, either A, they're going to say, well, I've got this audience. Like and usually they'll send you a media kit. They'll be like, um, I'm not just linking to anybody. I'm not just interested in anyone's affiliate program. I'll join your affiliate program, but I want you to pay me for a sponsorship package or something like that. And because mm-hmm. I've got this big audience, it's worth it or something like that. That's a common response I've seen. But another approach that I think works particularly well is if you know that the like that the affiliates that they're like the products that they're affiliates of don't have the best payouts or commission rates. If you have a better, more attractive affiliate program and they can send traffic your way and make more money, that's going to be definitely more in their interest. Like if you ever read like these, you know, these articles, like here are the top 10, uh, as, a, as a good example, recently in the last few months, I was looking up beanbag chairs. I, I wanted to buy a beanbag chair and there are tons of listicle articles, like 12 best beanbag chairs. and like you read these articles and you're like, they, they haven't actually tested out these products. They're just scraping 
Amazon for like snippets to mention and say like, here is what people like about them and stuff like that. But the products that are being recommended first are not necessarily the best, but they are the products that are giving the best affiliate payouts to these sites. And so that kind of killed me emotionally when, when I saw that because I'm trying to do research here, but knowing like this is how it all works with like the affiliate community, if you can offer a better rate, that will help you stand out. Got you. So offering a better rate, better payout for their traffic, anything else there? Yeah. Or I guess uh, like co-marketing opportunities, like if they're looking to increase their brand exposure as well, like being open to like promote their brand also, whether it's through like suggesting like, well, maybe you should do a guest post on our blog as well, or maybe we could do some sort of joint webinar or create some content together, something like where we're really building a relationship here where everyone wins rather than just being like, hey, uh, give, give me a link, please kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. People who are looking to grow their audiences, is there, how do you, how do you find affiliates and partners? Yeah, this is what the strategy that I've been using that's been working very well. And so if anyone out there is like looking to drive more affiliates to drive more traffic to their businesses, uh, listen up real close. So Mm -hmm. first Mm -hmm. what I do, uh, I'll I'll go to an SEO research tool. Like uh, I use Ahrefs. You can also use SEMrush, SEMrush or whatever, or like Uber Suggest is another one. Those are probably the three that, uh, that can do what you need to do, which is you search for a competitor brand, let's say. Let's say I make Let's keep the beanbag chair example. I'm going to search for or, or go or, or input the website of a, a beanbag chair brand. Chili Sack, I think, was the name of one of them that I was like looking at. And so I go into Ahrefs, I search for their brand, their domain, and then I can see their backlink profile. With this software, I can see all of the other websites that link to them. Now, they could have about tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of links pointing to them. And so how do I distill that down to find which are the affiliate links? The thing is affiliate links all have a similar construction. There are a finite number of affiliate programs out there, whether you're using uh, first promoter or, or partner stack or things like that. There are like a bunch of big affiliate programs out there, but mm-hmm. each of the affiliate programs they have certain typical constructions for their URLs. And so if like, so like, let's say Chili Sack is in first promoter or whatever, their affiliate link is going to be something like, like here's our product page slash question mark equals or FP underscore equals something. And, mm-hmm. and if I can like find that construction, great. Now I found I can find all of the affiliate links pointing to this domain. And so effectively, I can see everyone that's using that affiliate program. And so now that I've ex- I'll extract that, I'll create a spreadsheet out of it. E- pre- really easy to do with like a research tool like Ahrefs. So I export that. I've got a list of those. And then I'll bring that into my outreach software. And then for each of these domains, find the right contact people and then pitch them to say, Hey, I saw that you're an affiliate of Chili Sack, whatever. I've got a beanbag chair that gives 25% commissions. If you want to be, uh, I wanted to see if you wanted to be an affiliate for our product as well. I'm happy to 
send a sample to you so you can check it out, maybe do a review or write up about it. Mm-hmm. Let me know what you think. Like that is like a real way to drive traffic for sure. It, like through finding affiliates and taking advantage of the fact that you can easily find affiliates of competitors. So you don't have to scour the web yes. to just build out your brand new affiliate program. You can leverage the research and the work that's already been done. Awesome. So you're, you're, you're finding this audience that is, you know, is they, they are affiliates, right? You know, mm-hmm. they're promoting a similar product. Right. And you're getting, you're basically fishing where the fish are biting, right? Exactly. So like, yeah. The thing is like, I've, I've also like tried and like didn't work out as well. Like I could re- I would reach out to websites where I thought they were like, like this website is related to our industry and our product. If I try and pitch them the affiliate program, it just might not be part of their model. They might mm-hmm. be like, well, we are a, we're a news publication or something like that. Or like we only do sponsorships. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to sponsor, like a sponsored ad, you can, but like for people that do affiliate marketing, like this is where this is how they make money and how they make a living. Perfect. Like this is exactly what they're looking for. Awesome. So what does that campaign look like? What do you say in your emails? So what do I say in the email? So I might say something like, Hey, um, I'm Andy. Like, oh, I guess, I, do you want me to keep using the example of the beanbag chair? Yeah, let's ridiculous? do it. No, let's, let's do, do it. it. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm Andy from Chili Sack. I saw that you wrote this article uh, and a link to the, like, and then the URL, their website slash 20 best beanbag chairs or whatever. And I saw through the, I saw that you're an affiliate of Love Sack. Yeah. I saw you're an affiliate of Love Sack. I figured that since you're an affiliate of theirs, I wanted to see if you'd be interested in being an affiliate of ours. For some, for our products, we offer a 20%, 25%, whatever commission rate. And if you're interested, like I'm happy to send you a sample. Uh, let me know what you think. Happy to share more details. Awesome. So just Stuff like that. Straight to the point. Hey, right. saw you were doing this. Boom, boom, boom. Here's our rates. What do you think? Right. What, and like what those are, yeah. What what types of numbers do you see from that? Like the, I mean, the conversion rates for those can be probably like, and I guess it depends on how well scouted and targeted the campaigns are. Like if you're reaching out to affiliates of direct competitors versus like at a certain point, like let's say there are not, there are a finite, you know, there's a finite number of direct competitors. And so you increase the scope and you're looking at uh, products that are maybe tangentially related or in your industry like the less direct it is, like the lower the conversion rate is going to be. But like you could see like conversion rates, like potentially in like the, I don't know, like five to 10% range and then lower than that for people that are it's like, yeah, I say lower than that for people like who are not directly related to the space. Gotcha. And then that five to 10%, those are people who have agreed to be affiliates. Yeah. Or people okay. who are like, at the very least replying like, Hey, are replying, hey, send me more info and stuff like that. Okay. So five, 10% yeah. interested in yeah. discussing further. Okay. Yeah. Like I only have so much data, like from like a platform perspective, I can see like what positive replies look like and what reply rates are and things like that. But I don't have access to like the end result of the websites to know if people actually sign up, even if they like, if they say they're going to. Right. Right. Is that your is affiliate traffic or is there a, Affiliate marketing, your top traffic source? No, it is not. Like, it, yeah, it's a channel that, like, 
I think has like worked well, but like for us as a business, we have, yeah, like a variety, like I said, let's say like a variety of different channels that are working for us. We're doing everything, like casting like a very wide net. We're doing everything from like partnerships um, to like content marketing, traditional SEO and stuff like that. We also have like a freebie offer on uh, AppSumo, which drives us traffic as well. And yeah, and besides that, besides like affiliates and things like that, we also do cold outreach ourselves uh, mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of this stuff is around cold outreach though, right? Partnerships, yeah. content marketing. So yeah, what I, what I mean, what I really found is that like with, whether it's cold outreach for like sales or link building or affiliates, it's all like the same kind of process, which is like we do our prospecting, we find our contact info, we build our email sequences, and then we send them out and reply and all of that. Whatever like type of campaign we're building with what our goals are, the workflow is pretty similar no matter what. Awesome. What is the best performing cold email you've sent before? My podcast pitch by far is probably my my biggest, like most successful one. And so like for what this is, is like for us to, to do like me doing PR outreach, I'll reach out to podcasters like yourself and I will basically pitch myself as a guest on the podcast, which gives me a few benefits. One, uh, I get in front of a brand new audience. Uh, I guess we're getting a bit meta here. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm reaching these people, but also in most cases, whenever I appear on a podcast, I will also get like a link in the show notes, mm-hmm. uh, like for more information, check out their website here. And so like, that's a win too. And then if the podcast is like syndicated on different platforms, Spotify, Apple, and all that stuff, and the show notes are there, and there's a link there, great, that's a win too. But like the pitch I use has been very successful in part because I kind of refined it after after like the pitch working well for a few times, I would talk to the podcast hosts and grill them about my pitch and mm-hmm. ask them what they liked and when, what kind of pitches they're getting and to kind of refine that and then kind of to break it all down for you. Like I get like a 20%, between 20 to 25% response rate on average when uh, overwhelmingly it's positive. It's along the lines of like, this sounds great. Let's schedule something. And the like pitch is basically like, Hey, um, I came across, uh, I came across your, or I was, I was recommended your podcast, uh, insert podcast name, and I'm excited to check it out. I've, uh, wanted to suggest as I suggest, uh, as a, my, myself as a guest, basically, and here are a few episode ideas I have, and then a bulleted list of a few specific episode ideas relevant to their audience. Then here is why I would be a good guest to talk about these things. And then I back up my pitch ideas with basically my like resume to tailored to those specific pitches. And so if I want to come on your podcast to talk about link building or link building trends in 2022 or whatever, um, why I would be a good fit. I run Postaga, which is a platform that helps with link building. I have sent billions of emails. I don't know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But like the, my, I sell why I'm the right person to talk about this. And then that like makes like that, that makes sense to the, the host. And so like I, that just has done very, very well. And like when I, like when I would speak with the host, I would ask them like, well, why do you, respond to me and what kind of pitches do you usually get? And they would say like, here's the thing, like 
I often get like pitches that are irrelevant or generic yes. that just are, yes. I'm sure you get this all the time. It's yeah. like, you're like, Hey, I want to be a guest and I want to talk about this topic. That's not at all related to your audience. Yeah. It's not at all related to what you do. And you're like, okay. So like sometimes they'll, you know, like I tell often they'll just straight up lie and be like, I love your podcast. And it's like, all right, well, if you love my podcast, tell me something specific that you love right. about it, because right. that's also like a super common trope. It seems like just like when, you know, people send like cold outreach emails, there are certain things that you like, see over and over again. Those like, Hey, I would love to be your outsourced web design, IT marketing provider, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, like you like take a, a glance at that and you're like, I've seen this before. There's nothing original here, mm -hmm. but it really just goes back to having a pitch that's tailored specifically to that recipient and having an, something of value to provide them. That's yeah. all I'm doing. Yeah. I hate, I hate the ones I get that are just totally irrelevant. Yeah. You know, and it's usually, it's usually from an agency, agency or yeah. that is sending on behalf of somebody and they send over this like freaking, you know, glossy thing. Like here's this person, here's all this cool, but it's, it's like, they want to talk about HR and 2022 remote work. I'm like, that's not what I talk about. <laughs> Even if I brought you on here, people listen to us, they're gonna be like, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not gonna, I don't get that. I guess they're just trying to get people to say yes, to say, we'll get you like 10 interviews or something like that. I've seen it done well before. There's some good ones out there. Yeah, um, for sure. And, like, and I've, I've done podcast outreach on behalf of other people as well. Like we have like a done for you service that we will we, do outreach for other like businesses, other like SaaS businesses or e-commerce businesses and things like that. And like, we have like this formula that we know that works well. And mm -hmm. whenever I like, like, and like, whenever I speak with the host, I'm like, like, so tell me about like the typical pitches you're getting. Like it's usually from agencies on behalf of clients. And it's like the pitch is framed as have this person on as a guest. And here is why they are great. Mm -hmm. Not at all tailored to why they would be great for your audience or what right. they could provide for you. But like, if it's like, Hey, you should have this person as a guest in your podcast. This person is a Harvard MBA and runs this company that just raised a series a round of two and a half million dollars yeah like okay cool that's exciting for them mm -hmm. but like now like do i have to come up with a episode for you like i'm right like, making you do all the work for that no yeah yeah in the beginning when i got those and i saw some people who looked like they'd be cool to talk to like an agency send them out like hey let's talk more about this or hey sure you know i responded and then like didn't hear anything back i'm like this is this is pointless this is a terrible wow. model <laughs> this is a terrible model i'm like why 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 are you doing this okay you told me before we started recording about a course you took charm offensive course can you talk about that yeah like early on when i was really trying to get like i years and years ago i did some cold outbound email and it was terrible in hindsight, like I can say, like, it was very bad. Like I had, like, it was just like the kind of thing that you'd see, like, like, here's a very long email about what I can do for you. And it's like, all right, well, like, yeah, what, how is that going to be exciting to like the recipient? I came across a uh, charm offensive, which is, uh, is this guy in the UK who uh, basically his elevator pitch is 
I got really, really wasted drunk one night and then sent a cold email and I, it was ridiculous and silly. And I got a very positive reply from it. And so I thought to myself, maybe if I just redo all of my cold pitches to be irreverent or witty or just silly, it's going to be more likely to facilitate like a good response and build a relationship. And that that's worked out for them. And mm-hmm. like, I found this like these materials and I was like, Oh wow. Like I, like I thought it was like really clever. And so I started implementing some of it and it was it, like, it just significantly like improved everything. Like it makes sense. Like the, the idea is not just to be ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous or maybe it kind of is just in the sense that like, when you receive a cold email, when you're from the recipient's perspective, you open that, like you take the quick glance, you're like, you know, instantly, all right, this is a cold email. I have no idea who this person is going to, as muscle memory, going to delete or archive this email and not going to read further. Mm -hmm. But if you can get the person to open the email and then stop in their tracks because they're like, what the heck is this? If you can get them to stop for a second and go out of that rhythm of just open, delete, open, delete, and so on, and like look at it further and recognize that this person sending this email, this crazy person who like, in my case, like sending pictures of me alongside with my cat, like I'm a real person sending this email. I want to start a conversation to see if we'd be a good fit for this. It just performed just significantly better. Like I once had someone uh, call me on the phone and yell at me which was <laughs> in yeah. the email itself. It, it was like uh, in the email that I was using, it was like, Hey, whatever. Like I wanted to see if you had this problem and I'm here. I here's a picture of me and my cat awaiting your reply in the picture. It's a picture of me and my cat sitting side by side, staring at a camera lens. And mm-hmm. it's it like you see, if it's the first thing that you see, you will, you will stop. You're like, what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah, and exactly. you'll take another second and read the email. And one day I got, I just got a phone call from a number I didn't recognize. And, you know, at this point in our lives and the the decline of society, we don't ever answer the phone anymore. But for whatever reason, I answered the phone and they're like, hey, Andy. I'm like, yeah. They're like, it's Mike. And I'm like, Mike. He's like, Mike, you don't know who this is? Like, you just sent me like five pictures of you and your cat. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, well, I just, I had to call you because I had to know who is this crazy person sending me a picture of his cat? How, like, just like I'm having a conversation with you now because I need to like like know more about this and like let <laughs> yeah. let's talk, like let's talk like this. You got my attention. Yeah. Let let's talk more and like for someone like pitching digital marketing or pitching like like some like pitching in a space where it can really feel commoditized like where there are many competitors. You need to stand out and just emotional response. Um, emotional response yeah yeah i've like also yeah just like that by far has gotten me the most the widest variety of responses but like all positive even like the people turning me down saying i don't think we're a good fit but give my best to the cat or something Mm -hmm. like that yeah 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 that that, i'll call that a win (laughs) so how much time so like with the with the podcast pitching you are doing research on the person's podcast how much upfront work are you doing to first how are you finding that information mm-hmm. their emails and stuff podcasts and then how are you uh, personalizing mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the the so finding the podcast. So our platform has a search engine, and like we can search for a podcast. Just choose the keyword, and so like I'll say like, all right, I want to reach out to SEO podcasts or marketing agency focused podcasts, and I might create like I create a pitch tailored specifically to marketing agency focused podcasts. And so if I'm reaching out to a couple dozen marketing agency podcasts, the pitch will be relatively identical, except for maybe swapping out the podcast name and the host mm. name and things like that. But at and but I will have like a pitch that is is very tailored to what topic it is that they're covering. And that that I feel like has been the right mix uh, and the right balance of automation and personalization. And so like I might I'll, I might create like dozens of camp- different campaigns each with pitches for different like target audiences and types of podcasts and things like that. But it works like but at the very least I can send one pitch geared towards a couple of dozen people or a couple yeah, a couple dozen people rather than having to have a, a specifically unique pitch for every single person which would take just a lot more time. Got it. That makes sense. You're make it's irrelevant. You're basically creating, you're segmenting this audience you're reaching out to mm-hmm. and making different campaigns just based on what they share in common. Exactly. Awesome. I love it. Very efficient. Very efficient. And you're finding that in post saga. That's awesome. I have not seen a tool that does that with podcasts. I have not seen that. That's very interesting. Good stuff. Oh, to finish this up here, I, yeah. before the show, we were talking about. A scraper you used? Yeah. For doing certain like cold sales outreach, uh, there is a tool called Hexamatic. And like I'm not the most technical person, so maybe this is an endorsement of this tool in particular. But like what it like what it can do is it can like basically I can give it an instruction to like visit a certain web page. Like if I'm looking up, if I want to reach out to marketing agencies or any particular category of business, and I see that there are maybe tens of thousands of businesses in this category on a directory platform, but the directory platform has dozens or hundreds of pages and each page has a different list of a different companies that I might want to reach out to. What I can program Hexamatic to do is basically one, like select all of the, like, like for this page, select all of the URLs of the company names, then select all of the, the company, like the text company names, and then repeat this on every page. And so I can build a CSV file that has mm. lists of tens of thousands of companies uh, that are in this directory with links to their websites, as well as their, their company's name. And then I can throw those into you know, Postaga or any other tool that finds email addresses and then find contact people at those at those sites and then build personalized outreach campaigns for them. I found that that works very well for prospecting for like sales outreach. Gotcha. So you are, you are able any, pretty much any manual task you're able to do with this hexamatic, as long as it's structured in a way that you can go like, go here, click this link, grab this, do it again for this one. How hard is that to set up? I'd say probably like the, like when I found hexamatic and I started playing with it, it took me probably just like a half hour to an hour of figuring it out, like just because I didn't know what I was doing. But once I did know what I was doing, I could just build a campaign in like a few minutes, like five minutes, basically. But yeah, the main 
issue that like the main challenge was just user error on my part. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And you can also use, I assume you can use context from that scraping in your messages too. Like you can drop that into mm -hmm. your cold emails for personalization with some merge tags. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. I wanted to actually do want to ask you about, uh, well, first off two things. Do you, what is your follow-up game like? How often do you follow up? How do you send follow-up emails? What is your thesis around follow-up? Yeah. So, I mean, typically I'll have, and it depends like what, what kind of sequence it is. If it's for like link building or for a podcast or for sales, for sales, I'll have a much longer game. Like I might have like a series of like seven to nine emails potentially, but like I'm a, I'll, I might have like email one, day one, email two, day four, day five, and then email three, day 10, four, day like 15, and then email five, like 30 days after that. And like, kind of like restarting, uh, just like, like, ap like after that month gap in between, like, Hey, just wanted to circle back. See if now's the right time maybe, and then follow up. And then if not, then like 30 days after that, just to like, see if like if I can refresh if maybe now's a good time, but for like something like pitching for a podcast or link building, I might do like a three to four email sequence, like four to five business days apart, always on a weekday, never on a weekend. Gotcha. And then have you done yeah. anything, any tips for PR campaigns? Probably the uh, same cadence is what I would do. Yeah, or I mean, just for like strategy. For, for the strategy. Yeah. I guess in terms of like strategy, like for PR, the me like this, the most important thing is I want to read, like I want to reach the really, I just want to make sure that I reach the right person that I've got a compelling, interesting story to tell that is interesting to this person's audience in particular. And yeah, like that, that's really what it's all about for like, and like, I want to know like what they're looking for. And so for like, for PR outreach, let's say I'm reaching out, like if I'm reaching out to a podcaster, I know this podcaster is looking for content that it looking to create content geared towards this audience. And I can offer that if, if uh, I'm pitching a journalist, I want to pitch a journalist who writes about my scene and has relevant like bylines about topics related to our space and that I have something newsworthy to pitch or share. Got it. Newsworthy. Love it. Awesome, man. Postaga.com. P-O-S-T-A-G-A.com. Andy Cabasso, thanks so much for joining. Yeah, thanks, okay. Morgan. This was fun. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. Thank you.